Welcome to HER's Health and Social Care Teams podcast series, Pause for Thought. I'm Rebecca Leesk and lead our Health and Social Care Team and will be chairing each episode. Our aim is to gather together some thought leaders in the veterinary sector and explore key issues relevant to practice owners and their management team. So today, Alan's episode, we are going to be reflecting on 2020 and looking forward to 2021 and our forecast for the sector. I'd like to welcome today's panel. I'm joined by Caroline Levis, who's a legal director at Harrison Clark Rickabiz and a specialist veterinary corporate solicitor. Stephanie Malone, who is a legal director at HCR and also a specialist veterinary employment solicitor. And Elaine Fisher, she's a senior HR consultant and director of Eagle HR, a sister company of Harrison Clark Rickabiz, providing services to veterinary practices via HR products, HR for Vets. So welcome everyone. So let's explore the crazy year of 2020 in our reflections. So Caroline, turning to you, what have you seen in the corporate space? So in the corporate world, we found that when we first entered into lockdown, our corporate transactions slowed down as the world got used to you know, the new world that we're living in, coming to grips with how we deal with COVID-19. Um, we're waiting for our CPS guidance in particular we found that our vets coped well, they adapted well with the new situation. You know, they brought lots of PPE, they changed the way they, they dealt with their clients and the way they dealt with business generally, you know, such as meeting their clients in car parks. Um, looking at it now, you know, everything seems to be back to normal. Transactions are back up and running. Um, transactions are going through, which is good news. So you're back to similar levels to, to pre-lockdown now, Caroline? Yes, definitely. No, that's really good to see. Stephanie? How's it been from an employment side of things over the last year? Um, very busy. Perhaps one of the busiest areas of our practice has been employment and HR considerations with regards to the pandemic and the implications for veterinary practices, both in terms of how they operate um, on a day-to-day basis and with regards to uh, the working arrangements for their staff. And I know certainly that um, Elaine uh, over at, uh, at HR for Vets has, has definitely seen um, a, a marked increase uh, in the levels of advice needed with regards to furlough. Yes, thank you, Stephanie. Um, um, lots of uh, different challenges in terms of um, working out rotor patterns for staff so that we have bubbles to minimise the effects of COVID how the guidance on furlough has changed over the months Um, and unfortunately as a result of that some of the practices had to restructure and we have been undertaking some redundancy um, consultations with a small number of vets across the country. In addition to that we have seen um, lots of discussions and debates on individuals well-being um, and how we can support one another, both from um, a family um, basis within the practice, but our wider family um, in terms of family and friends at home. So, yeah, uh, very busy, busy year. Yeah, I think uh, I remember those early days in lockdown. It was really challenging just to get grips with the, the pace of the change with, with furlough and really updating that advice to clients. I think that was a real struggle this year was that pace of change in March, whether it be RCBS guidance, furlough changes, I think practices had a good couple of months there, didn't they? Just constantly chopping and changing and working out what, what came next. So 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think um, the furlough and the first um, set of guidance, I think we had 14 reiterations of the guidance coming out from the government and we still had that, uh, what I call headbutting against lots of other pieces of legislation. So it was just trying to figure out what was the best uh, course of action for practices and the employees themselves. Uh, so yes, some very early mornings, shall we say. <laughs> I know looking back, just reflecting, you almost forget how crazy those first sort of couple of months of lockdown really were. And it's not until you sort of pause for thought as we are now and, and look back and go, God, that was absolutely crazy. We've come a long way. So looking ahead to next year, um, what are our predictions? I think it's really hard to, to envisage what, what the future looks like. I know COVID race, as we are sitting here in December, are, are rising rapidly and it's looking a little bit bleak for January or February from, from here right now. But what are our thoughts, Karen? What are your thoughts on, on transactions? Do you think they'll continue at the same pace into 2021? So I feel a real challenge at the moment is, is the worry about the spring budget and the changes, possible changes to capital gains tax. So some of our clients who are selling at the moment to corporate buyers are looking to get the transactions through as soon as they can to try, try to avoid any increase in capital gains tax. I feel that's a real issue in the sector at the moment. Yeah, so a busy busy first couple of months of the year just trying to get as many deals yes. over the line yes, definitely. as possible. Now it'd be interesting to see if, if those changes do come through in the spring budget but I think the sentiment around is that you know Ricky's got to try and claw back some money and I think it's possible that there might be yeah. some key changes in that budget so I think it's been threatened before and hasn't been changed but yeah we'll have to wait and see yeah. what that looks like. Stephanie thoughts thoughts for the employment world? So with regard to furlough, we know that that will be in place until the spring. So that does provide some certainty with regards to the financial aspect of practices that need to continue with furlough. Um, the news of the, the vaccine, um, as, as at the point of recording this, the vaccine has started to be rolled out into uh, the older age groups. But from an employment perspective, we expect there to be some vaccine hesitation from employees and along with that, there will be a myriad of issues for employers to navigate uh, veterinary practices. Um, they potentially can take advantage of the fact that they have a, a key worker status as they did um, at the start of the pandemic. However, we know that many, many practices are still not allowing owners into uh, the site physically. However, um, practices will be keen to, to take advantage of, um, of that position so that they can look to um, ensure staff are vaccinated as far as they can to encourage vaccination um, with regard to health and safety um, and their considerations for creating some form of herd immunity uh, within the practice amongst employees. But of course, employers aren't able to physically pin staff down and insist that they're vaccinated. So if for uh, reasons such as um, concerns over an allergic reaction um, or uh, religious beliefs um, or, or, or uh, medical conditions, it may well be the case that some employees um, are reluctant to have the vaccination or others may just simply be mistrusting. So practices will need to navigate through the legal position um, as that becomes clearer with regards to uh, what they can do to encourage staff to be vaccinated. We'll also have uh, Brexit considerations in view of immigration uh, checks and requirements for veterinary staff. 
both in terms of current employees. So have uh, your current employees, have you seen the, the, the immigration papers that they have and documentation is everything in place? Um, and in terms of recruitment, making sure um, that again, those appropriate checks are uh, going to be carried out so that uh, practices can make sure they don't inadvertently fall foul of new right to work checks. I think two really valid points, Stephanie. I think Brexit is something we all easily forget at the moment. I think we've all been so caught up with COVID and the challenges that's brought, it's almost slipped under the radar. And I know we've been putting some information out to practices to, to remind them of the importance there, but that issue has almost got lost, hasn't it? And I think it's going to raise its head in January when we realise we're on the other side. And I think, again, with the, the, the vaccine considerations, I think there's going to be some challenges that lie ahead. We've really got to be aware of employees' individual beliefs, reasons as to why they don't want that vaccine. And, and it's a challenge against our business operations and health and safety within the workplace. I see those two issues really competing against one another. So, so some issues to navigate there. Elaine, what are your thoughts from a HR perspective? Um, um, as Stephanie's mentioned, uh, I think furlough is still going to be on the agenda. Um, as, as we know, um, the government um, and through Rishi Sunak um, has already further extended the furlough to the end of April, which within a matter of weeks of putting it back in place has extended it. So that gives us an indication that COVID is going to be around for some time um, to go forward. So as a result of that, I think practices are still going to have difficulties with ongoing absences whether they are COVID-related or just, as I call, business-as-usual absences, coughs, colds, bugs, um, musculoskeletal, all of those issues that we should be managing going forward, um, and how we then balance that with day-to-day -day operation of the practice is going to be very challenging. Um, in addition to that, um, I think we're seeing a rise in the number of people with mental health, issues, um, stress, well-being, um, not having any time out of the practice for that much needed rest and recuperation because holidays have been put on hold. Um, so again, I think we may see more occasions of that um, coming to the fore. I know a lot of our family clients use um, employee assistance programmes, etc. So I think that if practices haven't got that in place, they may wish to consider that moving forwards. Um, and bringing me on to holiday then as well is that if people haven't been able to take their holiday, depending on when the annual leave year changes, um, we may have outstanding holiday not taken, how we carry that forward because there is a change in legislation that people can carry untaken holiday forward for up to two years. So again, we need to start considering that and how we factor in people to take that much earned break. And um, talking about holiday, I would like to just um, hand back over to Steph because I know that there's um, a paid decision coming out of the Supreme Court. Mm, yes, so um, the holiday uh, pay decision uh, with regard to voluntary overtime, which is I know something that we see on transactions, um, often leads to um, negotiations over um, how um, 
selling practices need to handle that moving forwards uh, for uh, the buyer and the considerations that they would have. We are um, expecting in June 2021, the latest holiday pay case, which is the case of flowers, to be going uh, forward in the Supreme Court. A hearing's listed uh, for at the end of June with regard to uh, whether uh, voluntary overtime uh, hours should be considered uh, within working time and therefore how uh, holiday pay is calculated. So that's something to, uh, to watch is coming up on the horizon. The hearings in June, it may or may not be that there's a decision by the end of 2021. Um, and linked to that, another pay decision uh, that's coming from the Supreme Court, expected any day, uh, is with regards to sleeping. Now, this is um, a, an area that predominantly affects uh, care sector employers, but it, we have seen it crop up in some veterinary practices where if somebody is permitted to sleep on site, um, how much they should be paid uh, if they are called upon or if they're deemed to be working or not uh, during that shift and as to how that uh, that, that payment uh, is calculated, whether it can be a, a, a lowish flat rate or whether it needs to be a national minimum wage rate. So again, that's something that we're looking out for that uh, may have implications for some veterinary practices. Thank you, Stephanie. I think it's watch this space. We'll make sure we get some updates out as soon as those decisions are, are released and they'll be on our website. I think, Elaine, one thing just worth going back to that you mentioned was well-being, and I was just reflecting, I think that issue is going to come more and more into the forefront as this goes on. I think people's resilience is weakening. As we know, a lot of practitioners have not taken any holiday because they've just been on the front line having, having to move forward. So I think that issue is really going to be one to watch. It, it is, and I think it's not just taking the stress and strain um, within the practice, as you say, and the practice owners have, have been burning the candle, but I think the added pressures and the well-being um, of being potentially working parents or um, having responsibilities for um, older care, um, we are seeing that more and more where they're actually taking the weight um, of the rest of the family um, and again, sometimes uh, I'm talking to practice owners, they're, they're talking about saying, how do we explore and balance the problems that they're having in their own personal life? Um, and how do we deal with the impact then um, when they're in the practice? Um, so I think, yes, it's one to watch. It's about putting that metaphorical arm around their shoulders in some respects um, to, to, you know, to show care, to openly discuss those matters um, and um, just let them talk um, and we're always there at the end of the phone as well so if, if anybody wants to share any thoughts or concerns um, we can point them in the right direction. No that's really helpful thank you Elaine. So I think reflecting on everyone's thoughts it's been a challenging year but we're optimistic that 2021 will be a better year hopefully for veterinary practices but we're here to support you in whatever twists and turns that that year may take. If there are any topics that you'd like us to discuss on future episodes, please do get in touch. You can email us at care at hcrlaw.com. Thanks for tuning in.